Okay, good morning everyone. Please help yourself to a cup of coffee, donuts, thanks to our uh, wonderful new option of a kosher Dunkin' Donuts. We are on the third parak of Mesilas Yisharim, our 10 minutes of meaning, the third chapter where the Ramchal is continuing to define for us the character trait, the quality of Zahirus, the quality of vigilance, mindfulness, cautiousness, not only to live a life of alacrity and zeal, not only to try to go and accomplish in life, but to begin first by being very conscientious of understanding what are the pitfalls, what are the things that knock us off course, and to be able to remain mindful to eliminate the obstacles and the challenges from our path. Last week we spoke about the fact that the Eight Sahara, that voice within ourselves of self-sabotage, the voice that says we're unworthy, we're not good enough, we're incapable, the voice that says look at that, say that, listen to that, watch that, go there, that that voice is a voice which is never conquered, it's never fully eliminated. It's something which at best only gets managed. In fact, the Sefer Tanya, the Balatanya, which is known as the Sefer Abenonim, the Alter Rebbe writes that the book is written for Benonim. How does he define a Benoni? What does it mean to be somebody who's in the middle? So classically we think of a Benoni is 50% good, 50% bad. Their scales are even. Half the time they do the right thing, half the time they do the wrong thing. The Tzaddik, the scales are weighed more towards the right thing. The rush of the wicked, the scales are weighed more towards the wrong thing. That's a classic understanding. But the Alter Rebbe says, no, a Benoni is not somebody who's 50-50. And a tzaddik is not somebody who has one more merit than demerit. A tzaddik is a person who has so conquered, so eliminated, either they were born without the evil inclination, or they've succeeded in purging it from within themselves. There's no struggle for the tzaddik. The tzaddik instinctively makes the right choices, has no appetite, is not driven to ever make the wrong ones. The benoni is the person, and that's why he writes, called the Sefer HaBenonim, it's for all of us, it's for the overwhelming majority of people. The benoni is the one who lives with the struggle, who lives within that battle between right and wrong, between the animal urge and the animal impulse and the animal instinct, and the godly discipline who says, you could be in control, you can do the right thing. To be a Benoni, you could be doing the right thing 99% of the time, you're still a Benoni, as long as it's taking a battle in order to be able to get there. So with that, we start the third parak. There are two methods necessary for a person who wants to be mindful, a person who wants to have self-awareness about their own behavior, about their own character. Some people are coasting through life. They're simply being carried through life by momentum, they never stop, they never pause, they never think about who am I, how am I perceived? What are the choices that I'm making? Am I living the best version of myself? Says the Ramchal, if you want to grow, if you want to make progress, if you want to be better, if you want to be the best version of you, you need to have to walk out of yourself, see yourself from outside yourself, live with what we call self-awareness. And that demands two types of perspectives. The first is to identify what is the right behavior that I should run after. What am I meant to do? How should my day be filled? Making a dominion, being involved in learning, doing chesed, being kind, being patient. What am I meant to do? And what are the negative? What are the true mistakes that I have to avoid? Sometimes I lose my cool, I get angry, and afterwards I feel terrible about myself. Sometimes I have this per, uh, particular temptation, 
and I give in to it. Sometimes I, so it's to know what should I be doing, but equally important is to know what should I not be doing. Vashniya, the second is, The second thing is to know the actions I'm doing to be able to measure, to be able to weigh, are they good or are they bad? So that's both during the moment that you're making choices and when you're moments of reflection, when we're thinking about the choices that we've made. Again, too many people are carried by momentum. We don't stop and think and ask ourselves, what kind of data did you have? Do we trace our day from when we woke up till we're about to go to sleep? What were the meetings? What were the conversations? What were the choices? Were they good? Were they bad? Were they right? Would I do them differently? Am I proud of all of them? What can I learn from all of them? So whether it's when living in that moment proper or in reflecting on the moment to identify what do I need to do to be the best version of myself? What are the impediments and obstacles that try to block me or distract me or knock me off course from being the best version of myself? And then how can I be present and mindful throughout my day when making choices to have them be consistent and compatible with the right choices and to stop myself and to avoid the wrong ones? That in the moment, to have enough self-awareness and enough presence of mind to stop and say, you know... I promised myself that today I wouldn't lose my cool. I promised myself that today I wouldn't give in to that kind of conversation with people. I promised myself today I wouldn't look at those kinds of things. So right now, as I'm being tempted to have the mindfulness, to have the presence of mind, to say, no, I said I'm not going to do it. And here's what I need to do to avoid it. And when it's not the moment of choice itself, also when reflecting on the day, when thinking about the choices you've made, when looking back on the day itself, to weigh everything and to understand how it contributed to shaping who you are and does that help you become who you decided you want to be. So, you know, I found myself that when I when I didn't eat a lot and then I met somebody for lunch and I ordered something I swore I wasn't going to order and I ate something I didn't want to eat because I went in too hungry and I learned from that that you know what, eat a little something or drink a lot of water before you go out to meet someone for lunch you won't come in as ravenous and you won't order the thing that you promised you weren't going to order as a silly example you look back on your day and you understand what were the conditions and what were the circumstances that put me in a place that positioned me to fail and what are the choices who are the people what are the circumstances that position me to succeed? So that's true in the moment, but it's also true to be reflective, to carve the space, to shut down the noise, to disconnect for a moment, and to have the ability to be reflective. And you can identify, you know, when I hung out with those people, I didn't like myself afterwards. When I went to that place, when I made, left myself alone with my technology, when I, whatever the case may be, whether it's healthy eating, learning, davening with kavana, honesty in business, whatever character trait we're working on, to identify what are the impediments and obstacles, what are the negative influences, and how can I navigate in order to avoid them going forward. And this is exactly what our rabbis told us. When the Gemara says in Erevin, 
You know, it would have been better if a person were not created. Here we are, and we live a life that's defined by struggle. Nobody's life is smooth sailing. The person you think has the easiest life, who looks on the surface as if they have everything, they have their peckle too. Nobody has smooth sailing. To be alive is to be engaged in battle. In battle of the body, in the battle of the soul, in the battle of mental health, in the battle of relationships. To be alive is to be battling. So, it would have been easier. Now that Gemara in itself is difficult to understand. Many commentators point out it doesn't say it would be better. It's often, and in my edition included, mistranslated as it would have been better if we weren't created. But the word Noach doesn't mean better. What does the word Noach mean? It would have been more comfortable. It would have been more comfortable to not have to battle. It would have been easier. You know what? I battle every day to, to eat right. I battle every day to look at the right things. I battle every day to speak the right things. I battle every day to make the right choices. Noach Adam. It would have been much more comfortable if I weren't created. Noach doesn't say it would have been better. says it would have been more comfortable. But anyway, the Gemara, the Ramchal invokes this because the Gemara then says, but what could you do? Here we are. The Rebona Shalom willed us into existence and we were created. And now that we're here, Yefashfesh b'masav. We should examine our ways. We should be self-aware. We should live a mindful life. We shouldn't just let momentum carry us. Where an hour turns into a day, a day turns into a week, a week turns into a month, a month turns into a year. And lo and behold, in a couple days, it's, it's Rosh Chodesh Elul. What do you mean? It was just last Rosh Hashanah. How did it become Rosh Chodesh Elul? Where did this year go? Can we look back on this year and say, was this another year that was the same? Or did I grow this year? How did I improve? What did I take upon myself? How can I measure that I'm a different and better version of myself? I'm a better human being this Elul than I was last Elul. They tell the story of somebody who was worked in a particular, a particular job, a company for many years, and there was an opportunity for a promotion. And it was given to someone else who had, lived much, who had worked there many fewer years. And when he went to the boss and complained, he said, I don't understand. I've been working at the company 20 years, and the person you gave the promotion to has only been here five years. Why did you give it to him? I have seniority. I've been here 20 years. And the boss says, you know why? Here's the difference. You've only worked here one year. You just did it 20 times. He's worked here five years. Every year he worked here, he got better and better. You worked here one year. You've just done it 20 times in a row. He worked here five years. Every year he got better and better. And we look back at our lives and we say we're 40, 50, 60. Are we living the exact same year? We're just doing it over and over again. We've lived it 50, 60, 70 times. The davening is the same davening. My attitude to the Parsha is the same knowledge of the Parsha. My zmiros or lack of them are the same zmiros or lack. I'm just living the same life year after year after year. Or can we look back and say, each year I'm different, I'm better, I've grown. You know what? Maybe it would have been more comfortable not to be here. It's true. It would have been more comfortable. It would have been easier. But now I am here. Am I going to live the exact same year many times? Or am I going to live different years in which I'm growing and growing? That I can say my davening this year was qualitatively, categorically different than it has been the last year or the year before. My understanding and insight into the parsha is not just the same knowledge of the parsha I had when I went to Gan, when I went to kindergarten, when I went to Cheder. It's the most simplistic, basic knowledge. I have a more sophisticated knowledge. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky tells the story. He says, you know, a little boy becomes three, you give him an upshare, and you don't give an upshare, but he gets a pair of tzitzis that says, Yelad Katan, Yelad Tov. You know, Yelatov, Mazaltov, Yelatov on his little tzitzis, a tiny little pair of tzitzis. Imagine that same kid turns bar mitzvah, he puts on the little tzitzis. 
and they don't fit him right, and it still says Yelad Tov. Now he's standing under his chuppah, and he's wearing these tiny little tzitzis, and they still say Yelad Tov. We'd laugh at such a child. Your tzitzis have to grow with you. And the same is true with our attitude in life. We have to grow in our sophistication, in our knowledge, in our understanding, in our character, in our personal conduct. And when we just live that same year over and over again, what kind of life is that? So you're right, Noah, it would have been easier if we weren't born. But now that we were born, two different languages. Yefashvish or Yemashmish, we'll get into next week the difference. These two languages are critically important, says the Ramchal. These two languages offer great insight into how we can live the best version of ourselves, the most meaningful lives, by constantly having a sense of self-reflection, of self-awareness, to understand who we are, where we want to go, and to chart the course of how to get there. Have a fantastic day.